0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Johnners Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this occasion uh, by the inspirational one himself, Ryan Riley. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Billy. Thanks for thanks for having me.
0: I'm very excited for this. Um, this is one of the very few morning recordings I've done, and it is roasting. My glasses are steaming up, so I, I don't know if it's just nerves or, or what, but geez, it's... it's not too warm where I am. I'm, I'm sat outside a window, but I wouldn't say I'm roasting. I think, I, I think it, coupled to the fact that I've got a little bit of extra stonage on, on top of, of, of what you have, that might be the reason why I'm a little bit warmer. <laughs> I'm now a vest guy. So I'm wore a t- I am wear a T-shirt as a special, because it's the foundation of the future. Um, okay. But now I'm a vest guy now, and I think my body's gotten used to the, the change in temperature. And it's like, no, no, what are you do covering your shoulders? It stops <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, those <laughs> sleeves just make you reach boiling point, don't
0: they? I know. I'm going, I'm going to have to get like the old... Uh, Get the old wrestler. I've uh, cut the sleeves off and just make them all vests now. Caleb um, Valhalla
1: is very good at cutting them. By the way, if there's any, most of the time, if you see anyone in a vest at a on show, Caleb Valhalla has has cut the sides. That's usually. There's it.
0: there's the first scoop of the episode. <laughs> uh, so, so the first question we ask everyone though is the same.
1: How did you get into pro wrestling? What got you hooked? Well, um, it's a bit of a different story from most others. You know, everyone else is like they watched it growing up and and I just fell in love there. But no, for me, it was, I remember being in school and I was maybe like 16 at the time. And a few of the guys in my sort of form class were talking about wrestling. They were mentioning names like The Shield and Ryback. And I was like, I've got no idea what you're on about here. So I just spoke to them and they told me, you know, it was wrestling and Monday Night Raw and all that stuff. So so that night I went home, recorded it just to give it a shot. And from then on, I was I was hooked. It was the... It was the same time that Daniel Bryan was, you know, it was him against the authority. He was the B plus player and all that. And I just that storyline just had me hooked. I was like, I just need to keep coming back. I just want to see this guy win. I just want to see them kick the bad guy's ass. And then from there, I was I was hooked as a fan. That's pretty recent. It was up 2012, something like that.
0: 13 well, this yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, so it's I mean People my age and I were like, "Oh, that's the dark days." But uh, but yeah, so it's, it's a good time to come in to get to see the Shield and and also the humongous strain of of uh, humongous fan following of Daniel Bryan. Uh, mm-hmm. Was see you're kind of your guy to start off with. Or is there anyone else mm-hmm. that you kind
1: of watched and like, yes, need to see them? Very much so. He was my guy. I did I did enjoy watching the Shield matches because the Shield at the time were were unbeaten. And like there would be so many different three-man groups come and try and beat them and they would always lose but they would get closer and closer and always lose and i was just like i just want these guys to lose and then eventually they, they did i can't remember who it was two but eventually they lost and i was like yes vindication
0: <laughs> i think i'm mean, I totally wrong and people will shout me i think it was team hell no and randy orton maybe that did it it was something along those lines yeah um yeah so okay that's fine. I thought it would have been a little bit earlier, just because most people, like I said, most people manage now is it's actually at in one onwards. So now uh, you're a younger than me, then by by that that uh, <laughs> by that guesswork. Yeah, uh, I imagine so. So did you go back and watch, or were you just kind of uh, just until the network came? We were
1: WWE, or was there any other companies that you kind of went was to? Predominantly WWE. Um, I did actually hear of WrestleZone before I was a wrestling fan because there was a a community centre that I volunteered at and WrestleZone held a show there. And they, they did mention that they'd had training on and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, OK. And there was just something in the back of my mind. I wasn't, I wasn't a wrestling fan at this point. You know, I'd heard of it, but WrestleZone, I'd heard of the promotion, obviously local to me, but I didn't know there was anything else in Scotland. Uh So did you actually go to WrestleZone shows before you started training? Did you kind of get I a didn't. feel of it or...? No, I didn't. <laughs> they'll, they'll hate me for, for saying this, but no, I just started training um, without having been to a, a wrestling show. Right.
0: So so how did you actually go about... You said you heard of the training and then you actually went to the training. What finally pushed you forward to, to do the training?
1: Well, I obviously knew that wrestling was a work and... Um, <laughs> excuse, <laughs> that's the second scoop of the, the show. <laughs> um, I'd heard that it was a work and the thing that interested me was how I knew it was a work at the time, but I was, it was still able to, you know, hook me. I was still wanting the good guys to win. I was wanting the bad guys to lose. So I think it was just more the behind the scenes that I was interested in, you know, how they're able to do this, how they would sell their stories and, you know, WrestleZone, obviously in my time that I've been with them and watching previous stuff, they've always been good at telling their stories and, you know, hooking fans in and, just grabbing your attention, you know. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's, it's
0: why I, I I bang on about them about them so much. Just because, uh, and I think I'm the only one that does in, in this whole wrestling media. What what one? I call myself in this podcast thing, um, yeah. It's it's just the stories. The matches are almost secondary, but as long as you get the stories, then it's absolutely great. Um, so of course, you came into the actual WrestleZone character as as of course inspirational Ryan Riley and you you had this massive weight loss journey. Was that pre-training or was it
1: during training that you had that that massive was, weight loss? It was before training. Um before training I I lost well seven stone, you know. <laughs> um but after that weight loss I was quite slim. You know, I was like a lot of folk thought I wasn't healthy, you know, because I'd gone from such a drastic weight to looking really slim. So Before I did start wrestling, I had to actually put some size on. You know, I was hitting the gym, I was eating more just because you kind of need to be strong in wrestling. (laughs) So the weight loss was before I started training, yeah. So what was
0: your secret then? Seven Stone in, well, uh, however many of time,
1: was was it just a total change of your diet, a rehaul? What was was your kind of secret? Yeah, um, it was just a total diet change. My older brother um, at the time was... You know, he was mad for the gym, he was going to the gym all the time and he just wanted to to help me, you know, lose weight. Um, so he sort of, he was doing what was called a, a low carb diet at the time and I decided to, to go along. So there was no bread, no rice, no pasta and it was still probably the worst time of my life. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that now, but I did that for a while. I was just eating meat and eggs and anything that wasn't really carbs and... You know, I just, I lost the weight. But looking back, it wasn't because I was on a low-carb diet that I lost the weight. It was because the calories I was eating was, you know, lower than, you know, your maintenance. So I was losing the weight that way. It was it was ultimately down to a, down to a calorie change. I, I like the sound of, of low-carb diet because I'm not
0: fussed. I mean, I'll have bread if it's there. I'll have pasta if it's there and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it, But I always just seem to, for some reason, I think, right, we could do it. I'm just going to have... I don't know, protein, chicken, all that kind of stuff, because I love chicken. And mm-hmm. then my brain just goes, oh, no, that'd be good though. Chicken sandwich. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and I'm oh, like the urge, the urge was there. I'm like, yes, it would be amazing. Warburton's <laughs> only a pound. Let's go get some Warburton's. So I don't have the the willpower, I think that's that's what I've I've uh, found out. But I'll try eventually <laughs> I'll try. I'm, I'm still i was gonna say i'm still young but i'm not i'm, I'm in my 30s now uh but yeah so, so just gym and no no fun food that was pretty, pretty much, much. So for, for a long
1: period of time yeah that was that was it
0: uh so when you started the training uh, did you have so you said you lost all this weight you're a bit thin you had to kind of put back on a little bit did you do any sports at all that kind of prepared you for
1: doing wrestling Nah, nothing. Um, I did play football in like primary school and stuff, but it wasn't. I wasn't really good, you know. I was just like the fat kid that they put in either goals or defence, because you know, just just let him play for for ten minutes. <laughs> that that was my previous. Well, actually, no. I played football as well before wrestling. With, I, I did volunteer and work with RGU Street Sport, and um, every Wednesday night uh, they would hold sessions down in. Like a football pitch near where I stayed beside beside an Aston. And I did that for a few years, you know, an hour and a half of football every week. So that's that's about the only sports I did before.
0: So how shocking was was the I mean if you watch wrestling for years, you kinda you know something happens, but you're not unsure how it happens. Um what was was it like finding
1: out how sore it is or how grueling it is? What was your kind of first thoughts? <laughs> Um, Well, there's nothing that prepares you for for how sore it is. You just kind of need to take it. Um, Obviously, the more bumps and stuff you take, the more you get accustomed to it. But overall, it still does, you know, it still does hurt. You know, you can't you can't fake it. Um, There's one picture in particular that I think you might have uh, been chopped
0: to oblivion, uh, particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that hurt a lot. That was.
1: um, Oh, where was it? I want to say Montrose. I think it was Montrose and I was in a, a fatal four-way match for the I think it was for the Tri-Counties Championship. And I was against Bradley, Crusher Crabe, and Mr. P. And one of the spots was I get tied up in the, the ropes. I'm on the floor, and I'm tied up in the ropes, and everyone comes and chop me. And they were just, they were just going to give me one chop each. But for me, for some reason, and I don't know why I did this, but I said, Oh, just make it, just make it seven. Give me seven in total, because I never shut up about the seven thing. But you no, know, after a few, I did regret that decision. <laughs> That's what I'm finding about the guys from WrestleZone. You're all a
0: bit nuts for the pain. <laughs> You're all quite happy just to just to take it as much as you can. Because I know, well, Bradley and he he's just absolutely just insane. He's yeah. like, oh no, it didn't hurt at all.
1: Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know how, I don't
0: know how he's like this. <laughs> And of course Archer, but everyone knows about Archer uh, being yeah.
1: just a his liability. Knees, his knees are
0: older than he is. <laughs> I, I, I would get him on, but I don't know if, if he I mean, I now know he knows how to work Zoom which I was very surprised by. <laughs> but, just don't let him drink out the hole on your Zoom call. Oh God. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. Watching watching that was just incredible. I mean, uh, but we'll yeah. definitely get on to that, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, good training you're ready to go, you're ready to, to make your debut. How did you find out? Who told you? Or why, when were you told? Was it quite recent
1: or did you find out when the graphic went out? I found out when the graphic went up. <laughs> so it was the, the battle royal, pre-show battle royal at Abney Nargi 2018, I think. And yeah, um, I was, I was on galas and I was doing like the, you know, the weekend shows, the Highland Games and all that stuff beforehand. And I was having plenty of matches and training. So when it came to being on shows, it was just the graphic came up and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in this match. And I was I was all giddy and all excited and all happy because so I was like, it's finally here. It's finally here. And yeah, it was, it was a great time. I can't believe that was your debut because that means I saw it. I thought you'd be wrestling beforehand
0: and that you had a couple of matches and then you're in the Battle Royal because I remember seeing you in the Battle Royal uh, up the balcony of course because that's where I like to to stay during yes. Um So I mean it's this of course it's not the huge build but Beach Ballroom at that point but it's still the Beach Ballroom in the pre-show yeah. so and this would be the last time that it would be at the Beach Ballroom for well Till to be decided. So, what was it like actually
1: making your debut in that building and and against five other guys? It was a lot of fun, but beforehand I was the most nervous ball of energy you would ever meet. If you ever get Dino Del Monte or Arcadio Key for anyone else who was in that match on your podcast, ask them about it, and they'll just tell you that I wasn't able to stop pacing back and forth and back and forth, and like I didn't have that much of an involvement. I had maybe a couple of things to do. And I was terrified that I was going to forget. I was absolutely terrified that I was just going to make an idiot of myself on my debut. So that was where a lot of my anxiety came in. But that's the old adage. Adage? I think that's the word. It's that old thing is you go through the curtain, you just let out a big scream or a shout or something as you enter, and then you just calm down. Like And that that was literally how it was for me.
0: That's the thing. I mean, like, like I said, I couldn't believe it was your first match because I was to find when I, when I see... Uh, look at me think I was be. I sound like Dave Meltzer here. But uh, when I when I see the first guys come in when their first matches in the Wrestle Zone, they just move so fast. Like they go right. This is all the things I need to do. I'm going to do them in order, and I'm not deviating from that order. That is it. That's what I'm doing. Whereas if yeah. I, find, uh, from what I remember anyway, I, I do find you're, you're a little bit more. Even though your brain would say otherwise, you're calmer than most debutants <laughs> uh, for for wrestling, which. Is always a good thing, and of course, you're, you're rhythming with Lord Michael and Graham, which
1: <laughs> still <laughs> technically is in that battle royal. You know, the timer is still going, he was never eliminated.
0: The old, uh, it was, it was a horn swoggled uh, uh, cruiserweight titled elimination thing, <laughs> yeah. One mm-hmm. day, Lord Michael will return to the beach ballroom and, and eliminate Jason Reed, I think, won the
1: match, yeah. He is, you need to get Michael on, on this podcast, by the way. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's a, a must. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't approached any of the Lords yet, but
0: that seems to be one that pops up. Like, you have to get Lord Alan, uh, Lord Malice, and, and Lord Michael on. And I'm, th- I'm like, I don't know if I can control that. <laughs> You've
1: got all three
0: of them on. Oh, all three of them on. There's a, like a round table. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Knights round table kind of thing. And it just, like, it, it terrifies me. At the thought. So I've, got, I've got Johnny Lyons next week, and I'm like, that's scary enough as it is. Well, let alone <laughs> having three people that are just, yeah, it's, it's uh maybe maybe up to a hundred still on its way. So maybe, maybe that'll be the that episode oh, be
1: great.
0: <laughs> so you made your debut easy. That was that was one one in the column, and then you made your full show debut, which I didn't write down because that would have been too easy for my notes. So when did you get your full show debut?
1: That was in Keith at the Longmore Hall against Brian Tucker. 29th of September, I think. I don't know why I remember these dates, but 29th of September rings a bell. I'm
0: going to double-check. I might be not at that show as well. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, because I usually go to the Keith... Well, I try to go to the Keith one unless unless I act, I've grown-up thing to do. I think I had a grown-up thing to do, like a family function or something boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, first match, Brian Tucker then, of course, very experienced in WrestleZone, been around forever. Um, so it was like getting, getting that first taste of full crowd. It's Keith, it's not a huge crowd, but a full crowd
1: that are just buzzing to see some wrestling. Um, it was a lot of fun. Again, I was very nervous backstage. Uh, all the guys were telling me, you know, you're fine, just calm down. If we didn't think you were ready, you wouldn't be on the show, kind of thing. So I think having the guys backstage to reassure me was was very helpful. Um, and the fact that I was in with Brian, who is, like you say, very experienced in WrestleZone. He, he knows the crowd inside out, he knows he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows how to put on a basic match for the likes of, of myself as well. And yeah, it was, once again, a lot of fun.
0: Did you find it was a little bit like you had a distraction because you have also had the, the protein shake and, and what have you? That I remember an old teacher used to say that for boys, during like nativities or any plays, should always give boys a thing to hold, like a tambourine or just anything because boys fidget, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I always got a tambourine. but uh did you find you had that so you at least i had something that's a horrible gift to have but you at least shake
1: it and you can distract yourself and go right it's fine i've got my ball yeah um and at the time i was obviously you obviously know what the character was it was trying to be the whole he's too pure he's too much of a good guy um so i spent about like two and a half minutes doing an entrance where I was just giving everybody fist bumps and everyone handshakes and stuff, you know, just deliberately taking a little bit longer than you should. Um, Just because, you know, people will be like, oh, it's a new guy. I mean, he's okay. Let's see what he's got. But then after the entrance, they're like, he just needs to hurry up a little bit kind of thing. Just put the, the doubt in people's minds. And then obviously I got into the ring and I had hand sanitizer and I put the hand sanitizer on my hand and did that just after I'd handshaked everyone and stuff. So. That was it made them laugh and it made me feel like, you know, you know, it made me laugh as well. <laughs> so
0: who approached you for the, the the Kurt Angle kind of character?
1: Um I think it was just a few of the guys. Um Scotty, Thunder, even Brian, you know, just training. Um because in, in training before you're on shows, you do try different characters, you come up with your own ideas and just see what sticks. But I think that was the one that the kind of did stick. Um because, you know, it's, it's relatable, it's a true story. You just turn up a little.
0: Right, so w- which ones failed to make the cut? I've heard uh, Dino's ones on the wash pit, which were incredible. So is there any that didn't quite make the cut? Ones that you're really wanting but didn't make it? Was there a cowboy? <laughs> no, there wasn't a cowboy.
1: <laughs> um, in terms of the characters, what did I do? I was always a baby face. You know, I was always training to be a babyface. I always wanted to be one. Um, and there was <laughs> there was one of the we did like a match night uh, where a lot of the newbies, you know, were getting towards show level. You know, came out to music, had some some sort of gear on or whatever, and just did the matches. So, for for babyface Ryan, um, his name was Ryan Strife. <laughs> Because, oh, I remember Strife. Yes, this is again from your episode of the Most. yes, Ryan Strife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy VII and Cloud Strife. I was like, "Oh, that's a cool badass name." Going to going to be Ryan Strife. And I came out to like this really heavy song uh, from I think it was Drowning Pool or something. And then I just came out as the most generic baby face ever with this heavy music behind me. And every time I watch back now, I just I cringe. I just cringe really hard. Just imagine say all right, let the body sit on the floor. Come
0: on, guys. Come on. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, so were you afraid at all that, I don't want to call any wrestling fans thick, but it did take me a couple of shows to work out what you were doing. Uh, but did you find it that you could be too subtle at first, people might not get it, or did you find that when you did take that extra 30 seconds, extra minute longer to say, yeah guys, I'm the good guy. Did you find kind that you of, kinda got it at that moment or did you a
1: couple of shows to really get people to understand what's happening? I think it took a couple of shows, but I also think it helps that the wrestlers won't have their die hard regular fans um who were there, who seen me, you know, every time, um, up until well, you'll get to it when I, when the world ended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so having the, the regulars there. Who were seeing me just on a show-to-show basis. I think having them understand helped, then other people understand what I was was trying to do as well. So, got be thankful for them, I guess. It's, I guess, uh, it's quite, it's quite <laughs> it good. Up, There's yeah. a good,
0: good big group of them. Um, I mean, I, I, I think I, I joked on Crusher's podcast that uh, I, I, so he he doesn't host one. I host one with him. Uh, that that uh, I always see them when I come through Northern Hotel. I come in in the afternoon. I make in may it in the afternoon because that's ridiculous. Uh, but they're always there, waiting, just waiting yeah. for the photos and the, just the diehards. They're 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 probably the backbone then because they do. You tell the story, but they're also there going. This is how we're supposed to react to this story. So everyone around us react
1: accordingly. Yeah, um, and it's 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 very good that they are there because. Obviously, if, if you're there when they're, the regulars aren't there, they might not understand what's going on. But if the regulars are, then, you know, as soon as Scotty Swift comes out, bang, they're mad for him. As soon as, I don't know, Sterling Oil back in the day, when they came out, instantly they were booing them. So everyone else knew, right, let's boo these guys. These guys are, are the bad guys. So I,
0: I, can only imagine, there. I can only imagine a fan reaction if they're not there and there's no regulars and it's a Sisto versus Super Executioner and you'd watch watching going... <laughs>
1: yeah I'd be very confused as well why, What's
0: what why are we here <laughs> uh, you've you've never donned a sisto mask at all just just uh, no, no. Never. I, I honestly don't think I could I will find out <laughs> one day who who one of the, the sisters are I, ha- I have my I have my hunches but uh, I don't think we'll ever find out on this podcast anyway. No. So you're being the good guy that everyone dislikes, which is it's working. And then, of course, the the big turn happened. Uh, Regal Rumble. Oh God, 2018. 19.
1: 19.
0: 19. Yes. 19. Oh, she's well, timelines all over place. 2019. The big the big turn happens. You come out came out to save. let say you went came out to save Mr. P, and end up clocking him with your uh, protein ball, and that was it. The foundation of the future was born. Yes. After that time, being uh, the the kind of underlying subtle heel that everyone's kind of getting were, were you comfortable being a heel at that point or are you quite going that's fine I'm ready just ramp this up um, I
1: was comfortable um, because in training <clears throat> I was and a lot of the guys knew that I was performing better as a heel you know I just I was a lot more comfortable I found it easier to do um, it's easier to get someone to, to boo you than to cheer you so they were like well it's, it's kind of got to happen so we've got to do it Got to do it now, um, so I just <clears throat> used that as a platform to, to hit the ground running as as a bad guy. It is, it's it's weird. Like
0: you think getting people to cheer you would be easier. I, I mean, it's like the old John Cena thing that kids are just ready to cheer anything, and then yeah. all these like blokes, men sit in the background going, "Impress me. I will boo you if I feel fit." And it's just <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Ridic- ridiculous. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it takes me about four hours being awake to speak properly, clearly. Uh, But yeah, it's, 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 I don't know why it's so difficult to be a a good guy. I just forever uh, forever baffled me. So yeah, Foundation of the Future is born, yourself, Bradley Evans, Zach Dynamite, uh, of course, led by, by the Foundation himself, uh, Zach Dynamite. And call all these, these these promos as, as the bad guys now is a promo thing are you quite comfortable doing that bef- before
1: or is it something you've, you've learned to kind of uh, grow into um well wrestles are very good at putting on promo classes um, they used to do one well if you, if any anytime you wanted to go into a promo the guys would say right let's go let's practice your promos because they're a very handy skill to have you need to be able to to do them um so at the start I wasn't very good at them, especially as as babyface. I, I did struggle, but with the practice and with the promo classes the guys were putting on, by the time I was a heel, I found it I found it easier. I was slightly more comfortable doing doing the promos. Yeah.
0: Uh is there anyone that you kind of watched uh, to get a little bit of inspiration from for the inspirational one? <laughs> uh if anyone for inspiration, uh and if either in your in your in ring work or your promo work, is there
1: anyone that kind of um, with <clears throat> with promos, um, I'm not really one for going back and watching old promos. I really should, because um, guys are always mentioning people like you know Dusty Rhodes and Jake the Snake and all that stuff. So I have gone back and watched a couple, but I've, I've not come back to watch enough to classify anyone as being like an inspiration from my from promos. But in terms of Wrestle Zone, um, the guys Mr. P is a cracking promo. Blue Thunder is a cracking promo. Um, just just taking bits of advice from them and seeing how they do it has definitely helped me uh, again free in ring work then is there anyone that, that you kind of model your uh, pattern your move set on particularly um more recently as i turned okay. heel, um <clears throat> i would probably say buddy Murphy <laughs> with his, his big knees and okay all these strikes <laughs> um i i've been a massive fan of buddy Murphy ever since he sort of went on to 205 live and he was having these matches with Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali. And I was just, oh, the, he was the next Daniel Bryan for me. He was he was my guy after Daniel, Daniel Bryan. That's, that's quite a mix. Uh,
0: I mean, it is kind of to smaller, kicky guys. Uh, who else is on that list and say
1: top five? So you've got Daniel Bryan, Buddy Murphy. Um, Andrade, another smaller, kicky guy, strikey guy. And... Um, who else? Oh, I don't know. Oh,
0: you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, know I, I, <laughs> I could have filled the gap there, just moved on, but I thought, no, no, let's just... Let's I've, just I've just a blank. Well. I've a blank, sorry. It's fine. It'll be one of those things where we'll, we'll talk for another 20 minutes and you'll just shout out, like, uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <it's okay. laughs> <laughs> so, wrestling is not the only place you work. You did mention before we hit record that you have wrestled the PBW, but that's not the one I want to mention. The one I want to mention is ICW. Uh, of course, I captured a wonderful picture of you looking up uh, Inflatable Sheep's Butthole, which was one of my favourite pictures of all time. But, you also wrestled Jackie Polo for the ICW World title. Um, I mean, ICW is a bit of a dodgy name as it is, but they have had a legitimate world title. It's been everywhere. So you're in a world title match in Aberdeen against
1: Jackie Polo. How did that come about? Well, I think it was the first show they did in Aberdeen. Um, and a few of us wrestling so guys were there, the staff and ring crew. Um, Myself, who else? This was one, I think. Bradley, Dino, Caleb's done it. Um, But <clears throat> I... Went backstage at halftime. Um, I was taking some of the boys' gear back to them. I went backstage. Jackie came up to me and said, "Are you? Are you? A, are you a worker? Are you a trainer? I was like, "Yeah, yeah." You know, what I've been doing it for a little while. And he was like, and he just sort of rattled off the spot that we were doing for the match. Like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that." Okay. <laughs> so um, keep in mind, I've only had maybe three matches on a show at this point, and now I'm about to go wrestle Jackie Bolo for the ICW. World Heavyweight Championship. So I come back that. Well, I speak to the yeah, some of the other guys. Like, yeah, they're fine for me to do it. They're happy for me to do it. I think it's supposed to be somebody else, but I ended up doing it because I was slightly smaller than the other person. Um after the, the halftime you know interval went back down and I'm just standing at the side of the ring and I'm just shaking and nervous, trying to remember this spot. It's only like a a minute long spot. And I'm like, I I can't forget this. You know, it's being filmed. It's got to be on, you know, on demand. I can't, I can't forget this. (laughs) Then eventually, Jackie comes out. We do the spot. You know, I shake his hand to accept the match. And then he just, just batters me. And I kick him in the face, jump off the top. He kicks me in the, in the ghoulies and then chokes me out with a, with a headlock so yeah
0: i remember again i've seen a lot of your matches it seems to be so i was at that one as well and yeah, uh, yeah that, that's why i was like because i got that picture of course but yeah it was like oh my god there's actually <laughs> some guys on this show it's amazing um, yeah. and to have that match but yeah so, so you know a long list of, of championship challengers including guys like uh, bt gun drew galloway mm-hmm. uh Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was trying to think of who Lionheart faced in his last year because he faced all these in, important talent. Angelico, uh, you know, it's a big, big list of guys that you're now part of as a championship challenger, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but that was like the only, only like big time match you had, oh, not so much a match because I'm 19, so say just about a year ish after uh you were on the pre-show, you're now walking out with Zach Dynamite as he's facing Pac. Now, as a guy that was well established, gets a bit nervous before the, the
1: show has happened, what was it like working with Pac? Um, it was incredible, really. Um, the, one of the things I was most interested in was seeing how like the bigger stars like planned matches as well. Because, you know, we plan our matches backstage. I just wanted to see if it was the same you know, like when bigger stars come along and, and plan their matches. And it was very much the same. And Park was very, he was very animated um, with, you know, with his moves. Like he would always do all these, like, he would do his movements. He would sell, like he was taking strikes when he was planning to take strikes and stuff. um But he was, <clears throat> I know I'm not allowed to say this, but he was, he was a good guy, you know. He was he was very calm and he was more than happy to let me and Bradley come and, you know, just try and get something in if we wanted to. He would let us know if it made sense. Um, and eventually, there was a, a couple of things that me and Bradley had to do. um In the match, he was yeah, he was totally great with with all of us.
0: That's the thing. I I, I love that about Pac because I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it in Zach's one probably, but. I met him and he was like really nice. He was like smiley, jokey, happy, and then and then as soon as it was like turn for the picture, he just went. I fucking and, and oh, I swear, my on podcast. Oh no, um, <laughs> it's fine. It's just one. Everyone gets one. Get one. <laughs> I changed the rules as it goes. But uh, yeah, he just dropped his face, and the picture went up on my f- on Facebook afterwards, and, and my wife just went, "God, he looks right grumpy, did not he? Does he want to be there?" I'm like, yeah, that's 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 him. That <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the only match you were in, because of course you had the like the, the opener of the yeah. show. So you two two matches you got to remember spots for. Uh of course being uh, tag team triple threat, uh with the outfit and the rejected. So was was that in terms of nerves, is that probably the most nervous night you've had in wrestling? Um
1: for some reason, I would say for that match, although I was nervous, I wasn't as nervous as I was for my my debut. Um, and the the tables turned because obviously I was the nervous ball of energy going back and forth, pacing at the beach ballroom. This time it was it was Dino. Dino was just he, he was struggling because <laughs> I think it was the the change from pre-show to full crowd. When you've got I can't remember how many were in attendance, but there was a lot more people there, and. What me and Dino and someone else was was behind the curtain, just uh, while Martin was announcing the show, pretty much, and he said something, and the crowd went mental, and Dino just looked at me and went, "I was like, you know, we'll be fine. You know, you know what you're doing. We'll be fine." <laughs> um, yeah. So although I was nervous, um, we did go over the match a lot. I know I was in with a lot of really good guys: um, Dino, Ted, Archer, Vago, and, and Bradley. You know, all of us are pretty good friends, and we'd pretty much planned the match, you know, in, a, in well in advance. Um, so we are just getting the the fine tuning. So I knew I had a lot of experienced heads in there as well to to keep us going if if it went a bit awry.
0: I'll just have a quick look at the of the well the review that I did, and I noticed there was a terror doom spot was was uh, or no it was a triple powerbomb. Were you quite happy just to avoid that whole section?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, miss I was more than happy just to say, Uh back to the Pacquad, well, just for a second, because I remember speaking to Zach about it, it was, was there was a, a scary moment during the match, uh, where, of course, uh, Pac landed on his head and had to roll out. What was, it was, it was I, mean, I mean, Zach saying that pretty much, he was like, oh my God, I've injured the big star here. <laughs> Were you guys in the air going,
1: Oh god, Zach's injured the, the big star here. Yeah, um, well, me and Bradley were on the floor, we were at opposite ends, and then obviously it happened, he, he rolled to the floor. And I just remember Bradley coming to me being like, What do we do now? Is he okay? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so we're both just like kind of pacing. We're trying to sell the fact that it's like, yeah, we've, you know, um, but me and Bradley and Zach were all like, "Okay, what do we do?" There's there's about a thousand people here watching us. What do we do? What do we do? Um, but thankfully he was okay, and and thankfully Mikey the ref was, you know, alert. He was on hand to, you know, see to him and make sure that he was okay to continue. And then it turned out to be a, a fantastic match afterwards. Oh yeah, one one of the best
0: Anarchy matches I would I would safely say. Uh, so, as far as as working in singles and then going to the tag team and into the group stable, do you find the, the tag team wrestling is a bit more your pace? You're able to bounce off Bradley and or
1: Zach or whoever's in the ring with you. Um, it's it's handy, um, and it is is a, obviously a different style of, of working your match. There's more moving parts, um, but it, it then means that you've also got more ideas. You know, there's three other people in the match with you, so if you've got an idea and you think it's going to work or the guys don't think it's going to work, but they'll, they'll tell you, and then eventually you just you get a melting pot of everyone's ideas. So I do I do enjoy tag team matches. Yeah.
0: Has been an idea that you've been so passionate about that everyone's turning around like like I'm gonna get are you the archer in this, this situation where you've come up with this amazing idea that you think is the best thing ever and everyone's turning went no
1: we're not <laughs> doing that at all. Um, I don't think um it's to that extent, um, but I think I have had a couple of ideas, and the guys have gone like, "How about we do this instead?" It's normally Vigo that says, "How about we do this instead?" <laughs> so, okay. So, so I hear uh, Paul T yeah. and VEGO, uh, trying to get
0: of <laughs> stuff. Uh, absolutely shocking. Uh, so, yes, the world did end at the end of at the start of twenty twenty, and. You were actually announced to be like kind of working outside of WrestleZone. I mean, like I said, you did PWW, you did ICW, but you were supposed to be make your debut in Perth, for fair say, yes. against Zack Dynamite and uh, Mike Musso as well. So, of course, the world ended. So I can't ask how the match went because it didn't happen. But what was like? Yeah. What was it like again <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yeah. like that match graphic up saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm now moving." around the country a little bit more. Was that kind of a goal you wanted to just ex- exp- was expand your horizons?
1: Yeah, um, I have wanted to work, you know, all over Scotland, mainly for, well, ever since I started. Um, but that was the first sort of match graphic that was announced for a show that I was going to be part of. Obviously, PBW, I wasn't announced. ICW was just a last-minute thing, wasn't announced. Um, so it was cool to see my face on a different company's poster. Well, match graphic, not poster, but...
0: Yeah. And then all that high has just been ripped away because uh, COVID hit. Uh, Well, everything got locked down. COVID's already hit. But it locked down May, uh, March something, 19th. So were you on the last, this was on the show, the Academy attacks, I think the Academy attacks, that's (laughs) PBW,
1: Academy thing? Um, Part of the show, yeah, but not in a match. Um, The three of us, uh, Bradley and Zach, we cut a promo at the start. because Zach had his main event against Crusher Craig. And then the end of the match was me and Bradley interfered. We hit our, our finisher on, on Crusher, and then Zach got the win. So we were involved, but not in a, a match, technically. Was there any tension that day for,
0: for, like, oh, God, this could be the last show we do for who knows how long?
1: Um, There was always the worry, um, but... Like like everyone else back then, you were thinking, oh, if there is a lockdown, it's two, three weeks in a month's time, you know, we'll be fine. But we didn't really think it was going to get to the, to the extent that it did. And, you know, here we are 16, 17 months later, <laughs> you know. Um, we never did think it would get that bad. We did have other, you know, Academy shows planned that we were all looking forward to, but sadly didn't get around to, to doing them. Uh, so, yeah, we're
0: all what? How did you keep yourself
1: occupied? What was your kind of? Um. Well, about? for for a while, I did like I went out on lots of walks. I played a lot of Warzone. Um, with, with my brother and my family and stuff. Um, and in terms of wrestling, the guys would always do watch-alongs every week, so we'd all watch the same match. We'd all discuss the matches, and um, we did that for a while. Um, then training started again. You know, around September time last year, for a few weeks, well, a couple months before lockdown again, I I went back to one or two sessions then, but it was non-contact, and you know, I I couldn't focus, I wasn't feeling it, so I told the guys, you know, I'll I'll just take a break for now, I'll come back when we can. Um, then after that, we started doing more Zoom training classes. Um, with the guys, uh, there was. Thunder, Mr P, Vago, Dynamite, Caleb, myself and um, just a few of the guys. We would go on Zoom. We would watch our old on matches and, you know, discuss discuss them. You know, how we can improve, what we could have done better and, and all that stuff. So so that kept us going um, and it was great. I also did some of the, the FBWA online sessions that Andy Wilde was hosting with with some of the guys, you know, uh, Matt Cross was one, Doug Williams. Um, yeah, I did about a month's worth of, of online seminars with them as well. All right, so, okay. so as, as far as you were able to keep your kind of physical wrestling
0: going because there was non-contact and just wasn't wasn't for you, but you were able to keep your, like mentally going and keep your, your hand in. And was there any yeah. hidden gem batches that you saw that you are like, I've never seen this before? Assuming uh, if it's, if it's Sky and that they're throwing matches in, it's going to be kind of old school ones.
1: Yeah, there was there was a lot of them um, old school ones that I was amazed by. Um, Mankind versus, or was it Foley at the time versus Orton, and they had like a no DQ match or something. Um, I'm 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 poor at remembering older matches. I can remember my my matches and my dates and stuff, but um, that was one we were watching some old WrestleMania stuff, Hogan-Andre, just loads of old old matches which were, you know, they were good view. I enjoyed them. I, I, yeah, the first
0: match when you came up with, it was Cactus Jack, I think, at the time. Cactus Jack versus, versus Art in uh, Backlash 2004, uh, by my yeah. reckoning. Uh, yeah. That doesn't seem like the match that I thought that would be thrown out in a wrestle zone kind of watch along crew. Thinking, <laughs> nobody's throwing out the 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 drum pins out anytime soon, are they? Or is
1: that is no? That I don't. Up I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, but I think the the reasoning behind it was showing that you can do these kind of matches with a compelling story as well, um, and that was you know it's all well and good doing. Like, you know, your your hardcore matches and your death matches. But if you can put a story in behind them as well, that's what makes them, you know, more compelling and more grabbing, attention grabbing.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and Foley and Orton as well. They're both masters at it. Orton grew up. He, he had a, a fair year of, of guys like uh Foley and, and Undertaker and all that kind of stuff. And I think kind of just one of the best. And don't... Yeah. and. I don't believe anyone that says otherwise. He is one of
1: the best. He yeah, is one of the best of all time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Before the lockdown, though, you were you're riding high because you won the SWN one to watch, uh, Paul. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, one to watch, and then of course the world ended. So yeah. you end up winning a, a tag team of the year as well uh, with the Foundation of the Future. Um, I know that that often ourselves or myself and anyone else from, from up northeast say they were kind of hidden up here and nobody kind of notices WrestleZone, even though you draw a thousand people a year, you know, just because. Yeah. How, how did it feel like getting a bit of recognition, uh, getting a bit of like, this is actually legitimately fan voted. I, I don't make these up. So you're legitimately van voted as the one to watch for last year and, and tag team of the year. Yeah, it
1: was a shock. Like, I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened, but I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Um I was I started the year obviously on a high, like you say. I was ready to, you know, go on elsewhere. Um, you know, in, in Perth and was on track to do some, you know, good things in, in WrestleZone. So I was I was on a high, but sadly things and stuff happened. <laughs> it was yep. it was a surprise for sure. Do, have you watched much movies during the, during the day then? <laughs> Um through lockdown? I have watched more movies than I have in my entire life, I believe. I just so that's because I, just, I watched all of the MCU in chronological. Order oh, wonderful! With my girlfriend,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I think I have watched more and more movies there than I have in my lifetime.
0: You're just not a movie guy, or you find other things to do, Are you a, a book
1: bookworm kind of thing instead, or. Um, no, I don't read books either. What did I do? I think just instead of sitting down for two and a half hours watching a film, I just I just went to the gym, <laughs> really, or um, watched some wrestling. I think that's what I that's what I did, or I went to training. Of course, I just didn't sit down very much.
0: There's always a question I seem to ask. It's like, "Oh, what do you like outside of wrestling?" There's always this really awkward pause, and we go, "I don't know, the gym." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about it. That's not something you like. That's a hobby. That's <laughs> Yeah. So MCU then, I I obviously game for speaking about that as you can see over my shoulder. Um, yeah. I I have paraphernalia. What did you think of the MCU films? Any favorites? I,
1: I was hooked since the the very first one. Like I hadn't really seen any of them before. I think I'd maybe seen the first Iron Man, and that was the only one I would then that I'd saw. But just watching them all, I was like, this is why people sit down for two and a half hours, three hours to watch them, because, oh my God, <laughs> they're amazing. Um, oh, I liked them all. Um, Iron Man was, well, all the Iron Man ones were, were good. I think he was probably my favourite. Um, Captain America was great. You know, they were the more action-packed, action-based ones. Um, Thor was just a very handsome man, and uh, <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame, just the oh, I just loved them all. They were great movies. Oh, I, I just,
0: I, I You're lucky that you got to watch them chronological order, uh, and then you weren't like us shadows uh, sitting at midnight watching Infinity War, and seeing the end of it, and then you had to leave at three o'clock yeah. in the morning, and you had to wait a year to find out how it was resolved. Yeah. <laughs> The, the worst worst time worst I couldn't time. imagine yeah awful um, yeah so yeah, you, you like the classics then? The, the big trio uh, is anyone is, she, is your girlfriend the MCU fan is she the one that
1: kind of forced you to do this Um she, she had seen a couple of them before but she right. wanted to watch them in chronological order as well so we both just sat down and decided there's nothing else to do let's just let's just do them
0: yeah, we we we, just, we started doing that, and then we end up getting to Hulk, and we're like, oh, can't be arse watching terrible Hulk. Skip that one; that's fine. And then we yeah, end up just like, we're just, end up skipping more and more just to watch our favourite ones again. And we're just like, oh, we're just gonna part of it a bit now. We'll watch we'll watch Endgame again. we we'll watch. I'm trying to get her to watch Spider Man uh, for uh, Far From Home again, but it's it's not working. We, we've watched Endgame and that, for her, that's that's the end point until. Yeah, that properly start up again I'm like no no there was one afterwards We watch the Spider-Man <laughs> we
1: need to watch Spider-Man we watched the Spider-Man actually a few weeks ago and then Black Widow came out in the cinema and we went to the cinema to watch that so we're up to date now you know we're we're up to date Grand Shang-Chi will be out by the time this, this episode comes out I think so mm-hmm.
0: that'll be the next next one uh, that yeah. will be going out um, anyway this is the MCU podcast this is a wrestling podcast so we will speak <laughs> about wrestling so uh, what's your favourite dinosaur?
1: Well, I did say I was, you know, looking them up and researching them. By research, I mean I watched a 12-minute video on YouTube because I, <laughs> I could only name one dinosaur before. T-Rex. And, you know, based on my research, I would have to say it is the, the Troodon, or the Troodon, it's called. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Go Google. Troodon. It's one of the smartest because had the, the biggest...
0: Uh, it was nocturnal,
1: so it could hunt at night. And about hundred and ten pounds, so the equivalent of Dino Del Monte. <laughs> and yeah, I've got to say that's that was the coolest little guy. I think coolest little guy. So, I,
0: I like that you did your research. And uh, just, I mean, some people just spurt out like a random dinosaur, like like Barney, but. You know, I like that I, you, you did your research. You, you picked one that, that ticked all your boxes. Can't I can't knock that at all. So, yeah. uh, another question we ask everyone is what would in a fight, two sheep
1: or one cow? One cow, absolutely. Um, I remember one day I was at college, decided once I finished college to go walk to my grandma's house to go visit. I got lost. I ended up just on a massive field and there was a farm and at this fence there was a cow and I couldn't believe how big a cow was in person. The thing was huge. So of course that's taken two sheep. <laughs> no other.
0: <laughs> Again, I respect that there's some research put into this and you've, 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 yeah. you've put you've put some thought into it. Uh, I'm still believing in the sheep. I don't know if it's because I live so close to the northeast that I'm just like, not oh, sheep, they outnumber us. I'll be going mess with them. <laughs> Yeah, so wrestling then, because like I say, wrestling podcast, other than never seeing movies, which is that is that the worst thing that you could have came into WrestleZone to say? Because
1: I know a lot of the guys at WrestleZone are very much movie guys. Yes, I even to this day I still get rinsed by them all for for not having seen movies. You know, sometimes one of the guys, usually Scotty, I'll put up on Twitter saying, Tell Ryan he needs to watch *Lethal Weapon*, and everyone else will be like Ryan, you need to watch *Lethal Weapon*. And I'm like, I don't know what *what Lethal Weapon* is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, even back when we did our promo classes, a lot of guys would cite movies as their inspirations for their promotion and stuff, and then they would all look at me and be like, uh, "You've not seen any movies, have you? No, nope, haven't." <laughs> yeah, I just, I just get bullied. I just get, just get bullied. <laughs>
0: I, I do remember that big picture of, of Scotty putting up all these posters of movies, and I was looking at it going, oh geez, I've only seen like four of these. Uh, and then when I put that out, you made me feel better by going, I haven't seen any
1: of them. It's like, oh, yeah. God, <laughs> I'm not the worst person here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it though, so it's, it's fine. I, I kind of do it to myself.
0: Uh, one story that did pop up when I was again listening to the Mosh bit who was getting a ridiculous amount of plugs. It's almost like I'm gonna be on it soon. Um, you grew up with deaf parents, which I I just it's not something that I know of, of of growing up anyway. But what do you find I was gonna say, did you find any differences? But that's just normal to you then. Uh,
1: but how how was that growing up? Um well, obviously it was it was normal to me. Um it was always a conversation starter when I was out, or if I was in school or something. I would always have people asking me, "Well, how do you say this? How do you do this?" And everyone always did the whole da 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 sign, yeah. and I'm like, "It literally means nothing. It's it's not a sign." <laughs> you know, I, I had that all the time. Um, yeah, I I love my folks. Um, yeah, the only thing is, a communication thing. It's not as if they can, I can shout upstairs to them or down to them or whatever. It's just. You need to literally go and see them to, to speak to them. That's the thing. I wrote
0: it down because I thought I'm going to ask about it. But yeah, it's, it's just normal to you. It's like uh, my brother's got autism and he's got learning dis- uh, difficulties, and people ask, "Oh, what, what's it like growing up with with a brother with autism?" It's like, I don't know. He's yeah. a dick, <laughs> so you can't say that. say that. Yeah, I can. say yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't. No. I can't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just, just one of those things that you, you never think about until someone goes, oh, what's that like? I don't know. Just, that's just how my life's been. So you tell yeah. me what, what I just don't know. I have to go downstairs before I start from the kitchen. That's pretty much it. That's that's, that's my life. Um, yeah. Outside that all, so you quite like the football as you and Connor try to overhaul uh, a wrestling podcast about it. Yeah. I don't I don't know much about football to be honest but what's what's your what's your team
1: how how are they doing um I'm a big fan of Dons come on Dons come on you reds we seem to be doing pretty well at the start of the season you know we're looking a, a good side better than we have done in recent years I am also partial to Newcastle down in England who I don't think are in for a good season this year I think we might get relegated but I I hope that's not the case Right,
0: that's all ticked off. Yeah. Football. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I watched it. I watched it. I stopped 2003 because I pr- much preferred watching the fake fighting instead. And that was just way more exciting to me than, than a bunch of, of blokes, like, going, Oh, oh I've hurt myself. I'm going to roll for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think I described wrestling as well. Yeah, you did. You know, <laughs> they're meant to do it in the wrestling. <laughs> they're meant to do it. Yeah, yeah. So the future, we're looking at the future. You're the foundation of the future, part of that stable, of course. I was I was under the impression that we were going to see some big things, the Anarchy this year. Uh, yourselves, maybe in the tag team picture. Zach, I had him pegged as my as my uh, regal rumble winner. Um, so I was thinking this is a big year for them. Hasn't happened, obviously. But for yourselves, are you looking to are you looking at a tag team gold with Bradley? Are you looking to just expand? Going to different companies. Is there anywhere that you want to get to, particularly once shows get back up?
1: Um, yeah, um, I mean, obviously the three of us are always looking to get to get some gold. Um, hopefully, we can get that this year at some point, if if that's possible. I mean, shows should. Well, by the time this is announced, it will be announced. Um, the the show that we've got coming up. Um, hopefully we can get some gold. The plan has always been each of us to have all the gold in WrestleZone. So hopefully we can get that. Um we also, you know, as a as a three man tag team, we do want to go other places. You know, we'd love to work the likes of, you know, Discovery, Reckless and all that just to get the, the foundation of the future name just all over Scotland. Um yes, of course. The show
0: has been announced October 9th. So this this will still hopefully Hopefully there will be tickets left when this comes out. But uh, October 9th, of course, rests on his back in the hotel. Uh, had to be a weekend that I was away in Edinburgh, so I am just absolutely gutted. Yeah, um, I saw you put that on Twitter <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course. How, how bad is that look? <laughs> I, I was like, oh, there's a big announcement tomorrow. And I was like, right, there's two weekends it can't be. One's the 9th of October, one's like something in September. And as soon as it came up, I was like, no. You must have been watching that video and then it said on Saturday, October 9th, he must have just gone. Oh no. I was I was at uh, afternoon tea with my with my, my wife's family and I was I saw, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh well, evening's ruined. Let's just, I just even like to, tea anyway. Just t- turn turned around and went, it's October 9th and she went. Oh, no. So she knew automatically that I was going to be an absolute miserable prick for the rest of the evening. (laughs) But yes, the shows are coming back. Narn Hotel, October 9th. Uh, If there's tickets available, go buy them,
1: people. Uh, Yes. Are you excited? I am beyond excited. I saw that. I knew it was being announced, um, obviously, yesterday at the time of filming. Um, But just even the excitement, Wrestlers rest of usually do their posts at like six o'clock or something. And it came to six o'clock and I was like, right, let's go see what it is, you know, because I love watching their, their posts. And it was a video. So the video I was like, I'm not getting emotional. You're you're getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> very, very excited. It's been a long time coming.
0: Uh, of course, you, you've been back to full contact training as well. What
1: was it like getting back to that as well? Oh, I just, I got to slap Connor Ingalls in the face. and I saw crazy. that video. It, it made me laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the first two people got in the ring and that first lock up, everyone just just lost their minds. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, yeah, so, yeah,
0: so was was the slap for Connor just, just after the, the mosh pit uh, argument?
1: <laughs> no, that was just, I wanted to slap Conor. Just wanted
0: to slap Conor in the face. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Connor. I don't know. I haven't got you, Malice to, to interview, but I'm sure. I'm sure we could get you on the on the on the call sheet eventually. But uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I did laugh just his, his, his wee face.
1: Just looks uh, so excited, and then he's just like he's just like a happy dog. You know, if you get Connor like when he's happy and on a good day, he's just he's just like a dog. <laughs> he's a like, good oh, boy. Oh yes, that's you. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, uh, uh, so, yeah. When you push a dog, you push your dog bike's face. It just comes back going, "Yes, do it again." <laughs> that, um, that is Connor. Uh, so yeah, you, you've got plans for the future. Then, companies you want to get to. What's your dream match, though? Or what's your end game? First of all, so is NXT? Is Japan? Is eight? Oh, you're a WWE guy. So is WWE at the end.
1: Is there anywhere that you want to visit
0: in the wider world?
1: Um, I would, at some point, love to wrestle in. America, um, somewhere else in Europe, just somewhere out with the country would be great. England as well. Um, at some point, I do hope to be able to, to go down the road to England, wrestle there. Um, but in terms of my my dream match, my number one match would probably have to be Buddy Murphy. Um, and obviously as soon as he was released, I felt absolutely awful that he was released, but then I did message Scotty and said, you know what to do. And he was like, if it happens. If it happens, then yeah, you'll it'll be you. It's like, all right, okay. So <laughs> so that is my dream match. Hopefully, at one point in my life, I get to, to wrestle Buddy Murphy.
0: So spoilers for anyone: uh, if Fabianarchy, if, if the wee thing rolls out and it's
1: Buddy Murphy, you already know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, they would they would troll me. They would make me be like the referee or something. <laughs> and it's the same for for Dino. Dino's dream would be Chris Hero, and they keep ribbing him and saying like they just wouldn't book him against Chris Hero. They would just put Chris Hero against someone else and Dino would just be forced to just watch like a sad dog. Chris Hero versus Ted O'Keefe. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Dino at ringside. Oh, awful. Just and, then, and then he'd have hit. to interfere
0: in the first minute and get chucked out and then that's him for the whole uh, yes. leaping in the back just crying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... I, I think it's just because because of, of of generation, but yeah, Buddy Murphy, I, it's yeah, great wrestler, but I, I wouldn't have thought he'd be anyone's particular favourite. But yeah, I um, don't know what it is. I, I really don't know what it is. I just he's great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I've, I've I've ticked off everything. Have you been
1: able to see Don Broco at all since, uh, since? No, I haven't. But they have released I think two or three songs since I did that uh, Mosh Pit episode. And they are absolute bangers. They're playing in Glasgow this year. If I can get down to go see them, I'll go see them. And that'll be about the tenth time I've seen them. But I just they're a great band. Was that was when when you came out with your your obviously your three
0: musical acts, was this just like right? He doesn't watch movies, he has a terrible taste of music. Uh he's
1: just, it's just just it's just adding to the bullying list of Ryan Riley. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can like now that I've grown older through Lockdown. I started lockdown at 23 years old, I'm now 25. Now that I've grown those two years older, I can see why you know the guys are like, This guy, why is he the way that he is? Like Michael Scott and Toby, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where you just look back at your own behavior
0: and go, I bully me too. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean. I think I've covered everything that I need to cover. Is there anything that you thought that I might bring up that would be like, I want to really discuss this There's, if you prepared anything other than your
1: 12-minute dinosaur video? No, well, my 12-minute dinosaur video, I've got got notes on it in case I forgot because I had to get my, my little Dino quote. Dino! Dinosaur! Dino! Dino. Yeah! <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't mean that, but I had to get that in there. That's the only preparation I did. Um, I think you've more than covered enough um, about my comings and goings. Uh, uh, just, just for anyone who hasn't picked yet, Chris Archer's knees are
0: available as a dinosaur if you want to throw that out there. just They are old enough. Um, they um, are. They're uh, fossils now. <laughs> 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 but they'll, they'll dig them up one day and it'll just be a bandana. And yeah. And knees. <laughs> Uh, no, it's terrible. I've never spoken to Chris Archer in my life. <laughs> I'm just I've joined in dragging him.
1: Just, yeah. yeah. He's, he's such a good guy. guy. He's oh he's he's just an anomaly. He's great.
0: Be- best elbow drop in wrestling um, for my money, very least. Uh, yeah, anyway,
1: be
0: anyway uh, before we go um, then, where can people find you on social media? Um
1: on Facebook, Ryan Riley. On Instagram, Ryan underscore riley96 i think and on twitter i really should update it but it's ryan m254 that's where oh, i can
0: perfect that's that's fine so if you want any uh, if you want to give ryan any uh, movie tips or anything that he should see added to his very long list of films he's never seen uh, give him a shout on those but again thank you very much for joining me today no worries, thanks for cool. me it's, before it's we go
1: blast. where people get the foundation of the future t-shirts um, they're not available online I really should make them available online but they will be available October 9th when WrestleZone go back to the Northern Hotel Perfect plug at the end there Great, (laughs) thank you very much No worries, thank you